Welcome to Maybe You're Interested, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics in culture, questions from scripture, or things that we just find humorous or interesting. This podcast is brought to you by Northview Church in Kodak, Tennessee, and you can reach out to us anytime by visiting our website at www.mynorthview.church. Thanks for joining us. And now, on to this week's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome to Maybe You're Interested, a podcast at Northview Church. I am joined here tonight by a very special guest, Greg <laughs> Rains. I'm a guest yeah. now? All right. You're a guest. You said uh, you weren't going to do it every week, so you're a special guest tonight, buddy. Well, I can't do it every week, because we know everybody's tired of hearing me. They hear me preach Sundays. They hear me do devotionals through the week. Nobody wants to hear me anymore. I know. I don't want to speak for Zavin, but I'm sure tired of hearing from you, so... Well, I'm kind of tired of hearing from myself, too. So, <laughs> By the way, Jesse, you're preaching Sunday. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, and we're also joined here tonight by Zavin Gregg, so as always. So, Zavin, thanks for joining us here tonight. How's everything going, man? Pretty good. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of stuff going on, but good stuff so far. So. Yeah. Well, we'll get, uh, get right into the podcast here. So, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about distractions for Christians. Um, and so, in the world that we live in today, there are a lot of distractions, so... I know for me personally, um, I deal with uh, golf, <laughs> so uh, playing golf and watching the Golf Channel, different things like that, and video so, games. So let's break that down for a minute. Mm-hmm. How many days a week do you play golf? Oh, probably just one, man. Are you actually good at golf? Okay. I'm okay. I would say I'm okay. Greg's played with me before. I played really bad one time, and then I played really good the other time. Well, so. you were better than me, but that's not Both saying times. a whole lot um, since I play like once every other year or yeah. something like that. I'll admit I'm a, I'm a skilled mini golfer. Never yeah. played real golf. I played oh, man, mini golf. So, so, much so how much does Megan let you spend a week on golf? Uh, we re- <laughs> wow, we're going to have to edit this because we never really talk about it. And uh, yeah, Okay, so. Megan, don't listen to this part. Never mind. We'll just <laughs> skip over that. Go yeah, ahead. Anyways, I got thing. some other distractions here. So um, what are some common distractions that we face uh, as Christians in the world today? What are some things that you guys see? Zavin? Yeah, Zavin, we'll start with you. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, well, are we talking as Christians or are we talking just to people in general? I think just people in general. Um well, I know that the distraction, I think, of success and pursuing money, pursuing a degree, I mean, because I know from where my fiance, from where Colby's been in school and stuff, I know she worked her tail off. And there oh, was yeah. times where she'd come home where, you know, you're supposed to kick back and relax for a break or something. And she's slaving over the computer and I'm sitting there just like, let's go do this or let's go hang out with our friends or let's yeah. go fishing or let's go do something now i gotta do homework I'm, I'm like it's a reasonable thing it's a reasonable thing to be doing a lot more drive than what i have but i think things like that are distractions i think that sometimes uh like i'm trying to think of some other stuff right off the top of my head and i'm not getting anywhere well that's that's fine because we have greg that's here true. so my greg. biggest distraction right now what's well, sports period right now it's oh, baseball yeah. i watch baseball Four or five times a week, probably. <laughs> so maybe just for like uh, two more weeks with Acuna out, though, right? Oh, the season's over. Yeah. yeah but I'll still watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so baseball, then football season will start. I'll stop watching baseball at that point and start watching football, um, basketball, you know, pretty much anything with a ball, I'll watch it. And uh, and when there's not one of those on, it's, you know, Netflix or yeah. 
something like that. So um, there's just so much to do nowadays. Yeah, just you know, for me, after about eight thirty at night, that's my kind of where I get my biggest distraction is just kind of decompress <laughs> on the couch. But yeah whatever and then uh i don't know family's a distraction sometimes too not, yeah. not necessarily in a bad way but it's it still just kind of takes a lot a lot of time like yesterday we went and hung out at dollywood and that took you know five hours oh yeah i saw caroline driving yeah caroline so. hitting things is what she saw <laughs> well it's on track so if she got it that's what she was tracks, hitting but yeah yeah uh, i had her thinking she was hitting a turtle at one point because it says turtle crossing <laughs> She never saw the turtle because the turtle didn't exist, yeah. but she screamed, so that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that kind of, uh, talking about that, Greg, you know, looking at family is a distraction. So uh, I talked to uh, Zaven last night. Um, we were kind of discussing the topic and everything. And um, Thanks for the heads up. Appreciate that. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> well, you're a special guest. We just wanted to, <laughs> okay. we wanted to surprise you. Just throw you. me under the bus. Yeah, is that we how wanted to surprise you. <laughs> but um, anyways, we talked about this, and we talked about distractions for Christians. And I, I thought you had some really interesting points on some of the things that you were talking. So um, could you discuss some of the uncommon distractions that um, people maybe don't think about as Christians that we deal with? Well, kind of one that came to my mind when I was thinking about it is, when we talk about distractions, we talk about them with almost this sense of like, kind of like it's a sin to have these other things or like it's a bad thing to have these other things. But one thing that kept coming to mind because I'd seen it and I'd watch families and people go through it, but like an example of what I'm talking about is kind of like it's good distractions, meaning it's not that they're bad that you do them, but when that becomes the priority, it's a different story. But like, for example, the one I mentioned to you is like, like, okay, you have Ellie, and yeah. she grows up and eventually becomes very, very passionate about, let's say it's mm-hmm. say it's basketball. Mm-hmm. And she grows up, and she's playing on school teams. She's playing on a travel league, and you are supporting her, as the father should, as, yeah. as you as a father should. And she gets into this league, of, and it's tournaments, travel tournaments. It's a big mm-hmm. deal for her, but their practices are on Wednesday nights, and their games and their tournament games and or whatever could it could be are on Sunday nights. Yeah. And then also you have – they probably practice way more than that during the week. I know because I played in those oh, sports gosh, when I was yeah. younger. Yeah, so do. it's like when do you find that line? Because now you got to determine between – so i got to support my daughter yeah. – but I also got to look at, I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader in my household, and now I'm not getting her, she's no longer in church, or yeah. I'm sacrificing my time out of church, or my family's time out of church, or it's taking so much time to go and take her to these practices, or to put this time into her passion that your own Bible studies, or your own relationship with God is now being affected. It's not necessarily yeah. that it's a bad thing that you're doing, but it's just the priority level that you put over it. Yeah. And I think that those are some of the things like that are kind of some of the distractions and you have listed on here ministry and church and stuff uh, that's something i know that greg could probably talk about a little bit more than what i could so i'll let him take over that one yeah. i mean ministry can be a huge distraction even to your walk with the lord yeah. because sometimes ministry just becomes about ministry you know you, you kind of lose sight of what the whole whole point of why you you're called into ministry was to start with and you, it just becomes kind of task oriented you know there's there's a lot of good, meaningful work in ministry uh, when you're working in a church, but there's also a lot of busy work, you know? You spend okay. a lot of time loading stuff on computers, and, I mean, we don't have a staff here at the church, so cleaning toilets and hauling off garbage and you know, all that kind of stuff, making copies, you know? Yeah. It, it's uh, Ministry work gets gets a little 
I mean, it can be a huge distraction sometimes, especially when you're trying to, to grow in the Lord and you're like, uh, I got, you know, nine hours of busy work I got to accomplish today before I can even start thinking about my sermon for Sunday. Yeah, it, it distracts you sometimes. Yeah, and Zayvon, whenever you're talking about, uh, like the example you gave with Ellie, uh, one thing that I think about, and I'm in a, uh, I'm very fortunate to have a, uh, a small group of guys that I meet with um, on Friday mornings that I work with. Um, I hope nobody from Kelsey is watching because we meet from eight fifteen to nine, and that's technically work hours. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm just kidding. Uh, um, Jesse is also looking for a new job now because <laughs> he just lost his. Yeah, no, they would be fine with it. But um, he was telling us a story this past week of his son. Um, he's a really talented baseball player, and actually, his brother—you would know his brother—something uh, Wagner um, used to pitch for the Braves. Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner? Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, it's his brother that I work with. It's actually pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So anyways, his son's really talented at baseball, and they're very active in their church. Um, he's a deacon. Uh, his wife is a part of a lot of different ministries there. Um, they're Awanas leaders, um, which I hadn't heard of anybody doing Awanas for a long time. But Yeah, it's kind of gone by the, by yeah, the wayside a little bit. I guess bit, it's but. still out there. Anyways, uh, he plays baseball. He's a really good baseball player. Um, he's been invited to play on a lot of different travel teams. And his son, who I think just turned 10 years old, has told the coaches, no, I can't do it. Um, I've got obligations with church. I've got to be at church on Sunday night, and I can't play Sunday games. And, of course, none of those teams, all those teams say, well, we need that commitment if you're going to come play for us. And you can't miss Sundays if you're going to come play for us. But I thought that uh, that was just a really good example of how he has – kind of led his household and he probably and, and speaking with him he hasn't directly said there's no way you're going to play AAU and this is this is what we're going to do but his son whenever approached with that who's not even 10 years old says no I don't want to miss church for this and um, that's not something that I want to do that's cool yeah that is and and I, I don't think you hear many stories like that these days with people no, and don't. I think so much of it just boils down to how you as a father and you as a man kind of lead your household especially with that example but um, on the ministry side, too, to Greg's point, I think you can get so bogged down in, in different obligations that you have and different things that um, I'd say sometimes it's hard to just feel that, I guess, feel connected sometimes, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, it's true. So. One thing I was thinking of, too, another example, I guess, that I came up with was, so I had to deal with this at one of the jobs that I worked a while back, but I've also seen it with a lot of other people, and they take it a totally different approach. Mm-hmm. But so you get a really good job where it's a job that is good for you not necessarily it doesn't have to be a a wealth thing or money thing but it's just a good job for you and my dad raised me always like to work hard put your effort into everything that you do and i completely agree with that and i try to do that every day i have my days where it it isn't there but so like with that situation so when you work hard when you give it your all sometimes i think that and i've watched it happen where your work asks you hey i need you to work sundays we have we can only hire you or we can only have you if you can work sundays or if you can work wednesdays or both Mm -hmm. and the reason i keep bringing that up is because i think that so we have our prayer lives and hopefully we have our prayer lives Mm -hmm. and then i hope we hopefully have our time to study and get into the word but i i mean bible talks about it that church is important being surrounded by believers is important and i think that sometimes that that's the part that we sacrifice and i think sometimes it's because we don't like people that much (laughs) i can say that sometimes that's my problem (laughs) but but like with that situation it's 
not necessarily a bad thing that you're willing to commit and to be loyal to a company or whoever you're working for or whatever yeah. you're doing, even if it's your own business. But I think that when we make that sacrifice and say, okay, um, I'm going to give this up for the benefit of whether it's for my family or for myself or for my career, I think sometimes that that's one of those distractions that comes yeah. in is when we start looking at that success, we start looking at that path or the future and i guess the future that's kind of what i'm saying i guess is the future can be a distraction or the what we think yeah. it should be i think one thing that i've seen uh, kind of to what you're speaking on there one thing that i've seen and is probably on social media at some point like one of those uh memes that you see that people post all the time but it's uh, it was something to the effect of uh, if you were gone tomorrow your job would have you replaced within you know 24 hours yeah kind of thing so why put all that effort in to why care that much whenever that corporation doesn't care as much about you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's kind of what that made me think of. So we've talked about some of the distractions here, and I feel like our goal as Christians in anything that we we do should be to lead a Christ-centered life um, and just to have Christ at the center of our lives and let everything else flow from that. But I think so many times we compartmentalize different things. And I know we've talked about that on the podcast before. So <laughs> this is, I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Greg here. Um, so what can we do to focus our lives to leading a Christ-centered life? What are some... I don't know. What do you think, Zayvon? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, um, you know, there are so many, like, uh, you know, the, the sermons that we're going over right now, we're going into, like, church things that people don't understand. And I think that, like, a Christ-centered life, that's one of those things that we can say and is easy to say a lot of times, yeah. but it's hard to know what are the steps that I take to do that? Or how can I get there? Um, it, it's one of those things where it's easy to say, but really, really hard to do. Yeah, that's true. I, I can only speak from personal experience and the things that I do myself to, to try to keep my life centered. And it all begins with how, how I start my day. Um, I start my day every single day with scripture and prayer well actually i start with a shower thank goodness yeah. <laughs> then i'm sure christy is thankful <laughs> yeah. <for that. laughs> but then i before i get into anything else um i'll start with scripture and prayer and and there are days uh, i say every single day that's not it that's not true because that's that's actually my point um there are days where you know i'll oversleep yeah or we got something planned early in the morning so especially on my days off uh, it's really i'm in a routine on the days that i'm working but on my days off it's not so much a routine but if i don't start my day in scripture and in prayer it changes everything and christy can even tell the yeah. difference um she's asked me before uh did you have your quiet time today it's like no no i didn't <laughs> um so i mean that's the the first step and it sounds so almost too simplistic yeah um but it's really just centering yourself before you even get started. And I tell the guys I meet with, Zavin, one of them, mm -hmm. you know, start your day this way. Not a single one of them do it. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, you know, I've, I'm not a morning guy, so it's hard for me yeah. um, to get up and do it. So I've tried to do those things at night. But it, if you want it to affect the way you live, you need to do it before you go do the things that you're going to do. Because if I wait till at night, then I sleep through it and – uh, By the really next day, I've, I'm, I'm not into it anymore. So for, yeah. for me, that's that's step number one. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I've always done it, especially since uh, since we've had Ellie. I always wait till once Megan puts her down for bed. That's kind of when I do my quiet time and do all that, all those different things. But I've never, I'm not a morning person either. So maybe I could start getting up early and doing it in the morning. Yeah, and, and I'm not like 
you know, I, I know some guys who, you know, I get up and I read three chapters every morning and I pray <laughs> 45 minutes or an hour. Yeah. No, that ain't me. I read yeah. a chapter and I pray for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, yeah. sometimes even shorter than that, you know. But uh, it's just kind of getting myself in the right mindset to go tackle my day. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, I think uh, one of the benefits of that is you've already had, if you do it early in the morning, you've already had that kind of reminder, okay, this is what I need to try to do today kind of thing. Where, like, whenever I start my morning at work, if I have an issue, like, at 9 o'clock, it's ruined my day, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm having a terrible day where yeah. um, one one piece of advice that I read a long time ago was whenever something like that happens, whether it's a work thing, a family thing, whatever it may be, just take some time and say a quick prayer or yeah. spend some time in a worship song or, or doing whatever it is. Um, because so many times we just try to fix it and we try to – I think, okay, well, I've got to do this, 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 and this. And really, if I just took some time to pray about it, it would help me be at much more peace than I would be trying to fix it myself. Yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. we really over overcomplicate Christianity. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about a Christ-centered life, it's really, I mean, it's a really simple thing. It yeah. is starting with Christ. Yeah. Everything that you do, you need to start your day with Christ. I pray through the day. You know, sometimes it's you know, just while I'm driving, you know, I'll say a prayer because – there's some terrible drivers in Sevier <laughs> County. Um, most of them are tourists, but that's yeah. okay. Uh, so it, it's really that one thing in and of itself yeah. is the spark for a Christ-centered life. Yeah. So. What do you think, Zayvon? you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Uh, Except for getting up and starting your day <laughs> with that. Yeah, I'll okay. agree with that All part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but because so, Jesse admitted to it too, so we're in the same boat <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. But uh, so one thing that I think that that is a very very good point to make, and that that being the first step is really really good. But talking about the distractions that we have, and specifically where we talked about uncommon distractions, mm-hmm. is I think that sometimes we we're like, yeah, let's kick it into high gear let's get into our bibles let's get down to praying get down to worshiping and then give it a week maybe two weeks maybe three weeks and then it's just kind of that passion kind of just dies down or it's outweighed by something else i think that something that we need to do on a daily basis is we need to take an inventory and i think we need to take an inventory on what our priorities are what are we caring about most at that moment like for me sometimes like i get so caught up like when i'm at work that's the number one thing that's on my mind usually is work or getting off work that's right or when i'm surrounded by my friends i'm there just to have a good time with them that's what my priority is at that moment and i think that starting your day in the middle of the day whenever you have just a moment just to think i think that we ought to think to ourselves where's god fallen on my list where has yeah. my relationship with god fallen on my list today because yeah. I can tell you that there's days where he's number one on the list, and there's days where he's number three, four, five, six. Or not on the list. Or not on the list. <laughs> or not even a thought in my mind. I mean, yeah. it's. I think that that's something that we have to do is because if we don't realize what we put before God, the distractions or the thoughts or the goals that we put before God, if we don't realize that we do that and we don't take that inventory – we're just going to assume that all I need to do is read scripture and I'm good yeah. or all I need to do is pray and I'm good. Yeah. But sometimes I think it's a self-reflection thing yeah. as well. Yeah. And I think also, you know, I, I probably oversimplified even when I said it a minute ago, when, when you start your day with prayer or you do it in the middle of the day or you do it before you go to bed, um, it can't just be prayers, you know, saying, you know, God, so-and-so sick, 
can you help me with this? And I've got this burden, can you help me with this? And trying to buy this house, can you help me with that? Really, it needs to be prayers of worship and thanksgiving. Yeah, um, That's how you center yourself on the Lord. Is uh, It's worked better for me to read Scripture first and then kind of think about what I just read and just in my prayer time just like, wow, and just meditate on that for a few minutes before I even think about starting to ask God for stuff. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the meditation, too, I remember uh, it's probably been four or five years ago. And I really hate to say that I remember a sermon that you gave from four or five years ago because yeah, now cause your I head's probably don't even remember really the big. sermon I gave four or but, five years um, ago. It was when we were talking about different spiritual disciplines, um, and we talked about uh, fasting. I think that was the first yeah. time I'd ever fasted. But so that goes into it. But but you hit on meditation, and I think that uh, we spend so much time talking to God and asking Him for things that we don't ever, at least I don't enough, I don't sit and meditate over what I've just read and, yeah. and meditate over those things. So I think there's a lot of importance in that, too. Have you ever done anything like that, Zavin? Or have you ever thought about it like that? No, I've thought about it like that, and I actually today, for the first time in a little while, actually took time to study and meditate and think on Scripture. Yeah. And I and found that it's like difference. it does because, I mean, it was earlier today. I started my – I didn't start my morning that way, like, first thing when I got up, okay. But it was more like 10 o'clock, I'm done with a job, I'm sitting there in the van getting ready to go to the next one. I'm like, I got five minutes, I got a lunch break. So, yeah, yeah. And I just took that time and spent it in that. And it was like when I meditated on it, when I thought about it, it was like that thought kept coming to my head. Even when I wasn't meaning to think about the Scripture, it was like it would just pop into my head. And I'm yeah. just like – okay and then i would slowly start seeing just what that would look like in my mind and in like just in my life and so i think it's definitely a very needed thing and i think that that's something that we need to teach and learn for ourselves is meditating on scripture and truly being able to just take in what god is trying to say to us yeah Yeah. well and i think too um yeah, and whenever Zavin was talking about that, that made me think too. Like a lot of times on my quiet time, I I don't take the time to meditate because sometimes you know just to be fully transparent, sometimes I'm just checking a box of I did we my quiet do. time today. Yeah, we all do. Um, and so I think that just having that diligent time and really pouring into it and thinking about what you're reading and, and allowing God to speak back to you too. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that makes a big difference. Yeah. One thing I, I throw out there for the listeners and for you guys to even try and and for me to bring it back because I haven't done this in a while, but one of the most overlooked spiritual disciplines is silence and solitude. And I, I did I did preach on a, a sermon on that a few years ago. I don't remember that one. You do? You don't? don't. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody does because we open, we open the sermon with uh, – Three or four minutes of silence and solitude, and you know I what feel happens. Like I would remember that. You know what happens at nine in the morning when you open a sermon with silence and solitude? Yes. Nobody no. wakes up for yeah. the sermon, so that was a mistake. <laughs> but in your in your quiet time, your prayer time, you know, it, it is a a very important thing to just kind of decompress, yeah. not even reading scripture, and just sit there and be in God's presence for a few moments, yeah. um, whether it's thirty seconds. 10 minutes, whatever works for you. If I do it 10 minutes, I'll be asleep too. But um, silence and solitude is a very overlooked thing. As we talk about distractions, yeah. 
Try doing that for a few minutes. See if you can do it without being distracted. Should we try it on the podcast right now? I Probably don't know. not, because yeah. they're you know people drive and we don't want to put them <laughs> to sleep. Yeah, I don't know how our reviews would look after. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll do that as a topic uh, whenever I'm by myself one week. We'll just do something. <laughs> something there you go. There you way, go. Yeah, I'll have a quick topic there. So um, if we are able to focus our lives to lead a Christ-centered life. How would that change the way that we view those day-to-day challenges and distractions? What, what do you think, Zavin? I'm not going to lie. I zoned out for a second. I'm going to have to have you repeat that question <laughs> one more time. He was in the time of silence. And <laughs> yeah, silence. I was. Yeah. That's exactly what was going on. Getting right into it. So I was just saying, so if we focus our lives um, to living a Christ-centered life like we were talking about, how do you think that would change our view of the day-to-day challenges and distractions that we do face? I think that it would give us the ability to, one, because I think Scripture teaches us how to deal with day-to-day things. I'm starting a a study for myself in the book of Proverbs, Mm -hmm. and I just started it today, and I've, I mean, I've read, I've read through it, I've heard it preached, I've heard different things talked about in it, but I'm doing it for myself, and I'm really just diving into each chapter and just... You know the old saying on that, right? A proverb a day keeps stress and stupidity away. So there you go. You're working on that. Young guy, keep your stress and stupidity away. Read a proverb. Got a lot day. of that. <laughs> but just being able just to like like reading the book of Proverbs like today, it was the very first chapter of the book. And I just I kind of just dove in and I, I tried to just dissect stuff little by little. And like my Bible has just little notes at the bottom. I use that. I'm using the Amplified Bible, which is a new one I've never really got into, but it really dives in a lot deeper. Yeah. But, uh, so I was like just a commentary on the bottom kind of thing. Yeah, it's okay. got a lot of commentary, and this some of the stuff is expanded out thoughts and stuff. Okay. But uh, so like just today, I was reading about uh, you were talking about earlier about like giving worshiping God and praising God. So in that chapter, it was talking about at one point uh, to to basically gain knowledge or wisdom, you're supposed to the first thing it says to do is it says to be have fear of the Lord, and then the second one it says to do is to obey your parents. I don't obey them all the time when I was younger, (laughs) but I've gotten a lot better than I used to be. But I also have, I've always had this mindset of like, my dad's just being my dad. Sometimes he's just, he can be a certain way and it just gets on my nerves. But there was in my little footnote at the bottom of it, it was talking about, it said, uh, the reason that we're supposed to be that way is because parents are a godlike figure in the family. I mean, that's how God works. Like that's like an example of God, a representation of how God is with us. And then it gave the example of Christ and how he came down here. It said how he died, but I was just kind of thinking more into like all the suffering he went through, all the disappointment he went through, all the just pain, all the bonds, all the breaking of friendships and just all this different stuff that he went through. And never once did he go, I don't want to do this anymore because I've had so much problem or I don't get why you're doing that. He never questioned it. It was just, it was an unlimited and unqualified, or there was no qualifications and no limitations to his obedience. So that thought just kind of just dwelled with me for a while. And I'm hoping it dies in tomorrow whenever I'm around my family and can do more (laughs) with it. But it's just like, I think that things like that, uh, when we start focusing and centering our life on Christ, the Word speaks to us in ways. Yes. And I think that when we meditate on them, like you were talking about, we really get to digest it, and it stays in our minds. It says to hide its words, like to hide the words in our hearts and to pretty much just 
keep that and to focus on that and to focus on God. And I think that when we focus our life on Christ, I think the views of the day-to-day stuff eventually we'll get to the point where we know what's coming or when it does come we know exactly how we're supposed to handle it and one thing i want to work on from here on out is god being more of a real i mean not real i see god up here sometimes but i don't see him right here with me at all times it's like he's some out of reach thing but i think that when we start centering our life on christ we realize that it's not that he is a god above all things but he's also the God of me. He's got a personal relationship with me, right. and that it's a more of that we're a lot have a lot closer relationship one day, and that it's I'm never alone. So I think it changes our view day to day because of the fact of it allows us to realize that this whole thing, the whole Bible stuff, and the whole God situation, and the whole thing about Jesus is real, and that it does impact us, and that we can handle situations when they come. And then the distractions, I think, that we'll start realizing, like the uncommon distractions we were talking about, yeah. I think we'll start realizing, oh, well, this is something I don't need, that I need to focus on, and that I need to have some sort of effort put into it, but I need to make sure that I'm keeping it close with what God has called me to do in my relationship with God. Yeah. So, so uh, Greg, do you think that that could uh, lead to opportunities that maybe we haven't thought about or that maybe we missed in the past? Yeah, I think it would naturally have to lead to that because if you're peeling back the distractions and and having a Christ-centered life and not focused on all these stressful things or just even the wants and desires of life, that opens you up to where God's leading you. So it, it would give you opportunities or not really give you opportunities, I guess, but you would recognize opportunities yeah. where God has maybe placed someone in your life that, you know, you're around this person to speak into something that's going on in their life. Whereas if you aren't getting your life centered on Christ, you're just worried about what's going on in your life. I mean, I I can name countless times that that has happened to me um, where, you know, later on you're like, you know, they probably put so-and-so, the Lord probably put so-and-so in my life because this was going on and I didn't even recognize it because, you know, I was more worried about Greg that day. Um, but as we, we begin to live a Christ-centered life and, and to push away our distractions from, from what God's called us to, obviously, yeah, I think it's definitely going to open up a lot of opportunities that we just are blind to. Yeah, that's what I thought of. I hope whenever I get to heaven that they don't have like a TiVo up there of all the things oh, that I've done. we're all dead. Because <laughs> if I go back, because I'm sure, you know, like you, I'm sure that I could go back and think, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? What was I doing there kind of thing? And um, it's just such a shame that we let let that stuff get to us in that way. But, I mean, we are human, so that's part of it, I think. I mean, yeah. we're going to make mistakes. but um, Some of us more than others, <laughs> yeah. the mistake side. Yeah. So, um, believe it or not, I actually did some research on this topic. What? Yeah, I know, I know. I, uh, really, I just Googled uh, distractions <laughs> for Christians and hey, found a couple of research. As long as you didn't get it from research. Wikipedia, we're good. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't get it from Wikipedia. It's, this actually came from a sermon um, from a Baptist church out in Texas. I can't remember uh, the name of the church, but it was talking about distractions for Christians. And um, they pretty much summarized that there are three major things that distract us as Christians from leading a Christ-like life. Um, the first one, and we'll kind of dig into each one of these here, but the first one is everyday worries. So what do you guys think of whenever you think of everyday worries? Well, depends on the day, but it could be anything yeah. from 
family issues, could be uh, job issues, financial issues, just yeah. trying to get your work done. Um, depending on your age, could be, you know, I got an assignment due for school tonight. I mean, yeah. it could be any number of things that, that stress you out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, working in the church, it could just be, <laughs> uh, well, you know, the offering was not up this week, so we've got to figure out how we're going to keep the lights on. And yeah. we're not in that situation here at Northview. Yeah, luckily the Lord's blessed us there. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, but I know pastors who are. You know, from week to week, they don't know whether they're going to meet payroll. They're they don't know whether they're going to to be able to keep the doors open, the lights on, the air conditioning running, and all that stuff. So that stuff piles up, stresses you, and you totally forget about the Lord yeah. and a lot of that. So no, that's exactly right. And, and kind of the. Uh, so I took the scripture from each one that they did too, and I thought about reading it on here. Is it a, is it a bad idea to read it? on We're here? allowed to read scripture on here. Well, I know, but it's like five <laughs> verses, and I can't read really well. I went do you to want Jefferson me to read County. it for you? No, is I that don't. What you want me to do? I don't. Um, so the first uh, verse and it's talking about the everyday worries here is uh, Matthew chapter six, verses twenty-five through thirty. Um, this is out of the New Living Translation, and it says. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? I know whenever I was uh, doing that research and looking into this, that hit me pretty hard. And that's Especially one, that last line. Which one? Why uh, do you have so little faith? Yeah, absolutely. That stings. It really bit. does. Yeah. Because we all stress out about stuff that in the grand scheme of things don't really matter. Yeah. I mean, even, you know... If you are in a situation where you're poor and you don't have enough food to put on the table, I mean, let's be honest. We live in the richest nation in the world. Absolutely, yeah, um, and the richest time. Yeah, of, even our yeah. even the poor people in our nation have access to food and clothing. Yeah, they may not have access to to shelter all the time, but you know, the Lord takes care of those things. Yeah, and uh, I, we call them first world problems. You know, because yeah. we stress out over we have whether the internet's working um, yeah. or. <laughs> You know, whatever it may be, but yeah. in the grand scheme of things, none of that really matters. No, it really doesn't. And just uh, to get that perspective, too, and, and that God does – I mean, there's so much stuff that is just being taken care of without – it just makes you – whenever I read that last line, why do you have so little faith, it makes me feel so small. And I think it should yeah. um, because we are. Um, any thoughts on that, Zavin, before we get into the next one? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let you tackle this next one here. So would, right. you guys, would you guys uh, agree that the everyday worries portion is a worthy inclusion in the three major things that distract us there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Okay, so the second one, this is the one um, that I can see. I, I mean, the everyday worries is certainly a thing, but hectic routines and commitments. So, um, you know, whenever Megan's in school and working, like summertime right now, Man, all of summer is a vacation. It's nice. She <laughs> picks up the house and, like, um, does all the laundry. I don't even have to ask her to do any of my laundry. She just does it. And, like, whenever she goes back to work, 
I'm going to have to do all my own laundry and like, I'm going to have to do that stuff. So it's really nice because we'll just get back into our hectic routine of, of going to work. Um, we'll have two, two children under two, under three years old at that time. And I know. I don't know what we were thinking, but, um, it just all piles up so much and there's so much to do nowadays. Um, with, you know, you talked about like AAU baseball and basketball and things like that. Um, that's a huge commitment. That's a huge time time commitment. So the verse that it gives here is in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 16. And it says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So what do you think about the uh, the hectic routines and commitments, Dave? <laughs> Man, I am one lazy person. <laughs> there is nothing better for me than sometimes coming home from work I still live with my parents, mm-hmm. looking for a house, and I got a job and everything. But during the week, it, it's nice just to come home, take it easy, kick back, yeah. watch some TV, some Disney Plus, whatever I'm watching, you yeah. know, and just relax. But then I get a call from Greg to come and help at the church or to do something, and it takes everything in me not to just go. But you didn't come. I can't say yes every time, because oh, okay. then you get this expectation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like, not necessarily even with just that, but, I mean, it says make the most of opportunity in these evil days. There's a lot of days that I know that there's opportunity out there. People are asking me to do something, or I know I need to do something. One of my worst ones is I spend time with my family that I live with, but I have a lot of family that I used to be really close to, but I don't spend a whole lot of time with them. Yeah. And it crosses my mind of, man, I could go visit my mom today, or I can go visit my grandparents today, or I could go and (laughs) get stuff done that I need to get done, or go and just meet people and, like, just get out. But, man, my routine's so nice, just coming home and kicking back and relaxing. I guess one thing you need to to define, though, is what, what do we think that passage means, make the most of every opportunity? What do you think he's talking about? I'm going to let you answer that because I didn't do that much research. What do you think he's talking about? I don't know the context of it. Yeah, I, I don't know the context of it, but what it sounds to me is that it's like take like to kind of get out and actually make like to, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, I, don't, I mean, I haven't read the whole passage today either. <laughs> right, but my assumption, I mean, my assumption, and we I, we should probably go back and research that at some point, is – Who he, added these verses, you know? Uh, just <laughs> I think it might have been you. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, you know, when I when I read that, just the verse, without putting any in context, but I'm assuming that I'm pretty close here, is he's talking about our mission in life, which yeah. is keeping the, the command to... Make disciples. Yeah, yeah. yeah, make disciples. Love God, love people, make disciples. That's all we're called to do. And make the most of every opportunity every day to do that. And I hate to tell parents this, they're wasting their time with AAU and... Oh, uh, yeah travel baseball your kids probably not going pro that's right that's right and i don't uh, even want to, i'm not going to say anything <laughs> because it's not going to be nice but yes, and would you rather uh your kid have great memories um playing basketball with a disappointment or baseball with a disappointment or football with a disappointment that they never made it to the pros or to have a really good grounding in their faith yeah yeah, there's no disappointment in, in what God has to Never offer. will be disappointed. Yeah. What's going to serve them better when they're 30 or 40 years old? Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. So. And so the last one here, um, it talks about ourselves um, on the three major things that distract us as Christians. And, and ourselves, we are naturally sinful creatures. Um, we're not perfect, and mm-hmm. we make mistakes every day. Um, so the, the scripture that is uh, tied with this one is in Romans uh, chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. 
and it says, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the law that is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. What are your all's thoughts on that? <laughs> That's a lot. I, it kind of confused me reading it, the don't and do and do. Yeah, I mean, basically Paul's saying, you know, I don't want to sin, but I sin anyways. Yeah. Uh, we're all eating up with sin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to be careful as we talk about this, as we, we finish this up, to to not say. Oh, I got ten more questions, my man. So. I, for, I didn't print those I'm for just you. kidding. To not, I mean, I don't want us to, to look at life and say, you know, you can't go do these things and enjoy life worldly life because we're supposed to be in the world i mean we can't minister to the world if we're not a part of these things in the world so you know i beat up parents a minute ago but i'm not my kid plays baseball yeah you know i'm not saying pull them out of everything and just bring them to church all the time you know it needs to be a balanced life but it turns into sin when everything becomes more important Um, and when those things whatever it is in life you know i'm picking on sports right now but it could be uh, if you're a parent, it could be your kid's education. You know, that's not it more important than their spiritual well-being. Yeah. Um, for adults, it could be, you know, moving up in your job. It could even be, you know, finding that person you want to spend your life with, whatever it is. Um, those things become sin. Paul, um, in the context of this passage, you know, because I actually preached this one a couple of weeks ago, which I'm assuming Jesse doesn't remember. Uh, Maybe I do. Uh, oh, how about that? Hey, I remembered one from four years ago, <laughs> yeah. man. You know, cut me a little slack here. Go. I'm just kidding. Uh, the context of this, Paul was talking about the sin that really gets him is having a covet, covetous heart. Yeah. Where he wants, you know, basically when he's trying to become really good at being a religious leader, mm-hmm. he's doing it for position and status as much as he is for God or maybe even more. Yeah. And uh, he wants to achieve certain things. So... If Paul, the great apostle Paul, (laughs) struggles with that, how do we not? So I think first we don't beat ourselves up over that, but we also got to recognize it. Yeah. And we've got to confess that, and we've got to ask the Lord to change our hearts. Yeah. I think, too, I was thinking this whenever you were talking, you know, you're talking about putting academics over God or whatever it is you're putting over God. I obviously did not put academics (laughs) over God. (laughs) Me either. I don't know if you heard me read some of that, but it got a little dicey. Yeah, yeah. give me a math problem. You'll see how it gets. (laughs) But um, I've always been told kind of growing up that whatever you put in front of God, that's your God. So yeah, that's true. If it's you an pick, idol. Yeah, if you pick video games over God, yeah. video games is your God. Yeah, and that's the line. You know, it's none of that stuff's bad. A video game is fine. Sports are fine. Yeah. Education, great thing, until it becomes more important than God. Yeah. You got any thoughts on that, Zavin? No, he pretty much hit every nail on the head. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Was there <laughs> anything? Uh, so that's our last question here for tonight. Is there anything that either of y'all would like to add before we – I mean, for me, it's just kind of what I what I said just a minute ago. Don't beat yourself up. You know, nobody expects you, even God. Well, I was going to say God doesn't expect you to live a perfect life, but actually Scripture tells us he does. Yeah. But he knows you're not going to. Yeah. Um, that is the standard. We are expected to live to perfection because Jesus was perfect yeah. and we're in his image. 
but he knows we're going to fail and he has grace in that and you if god can give you grace you need to give yourself grace too yeah and i think also for i mean i'm sure there's people out there that's listening i mean they could be just normal church goers that come all the time what's up kenneth and linda (laughs) if you feel like if you feel like your world's kind of crumbling around you and it feels like you can never get out of this place or maybe it's not a spiritual thing maybe it's like financially or physically and stuff like that and or maybe there's family situations or whatever sit back do what you said get into scripture get into prayer and just sit back and just take that moment and just see where god falls on your list Mm because sometimes like we had talked about pretty much this entire thing when we put these other things before god they're all they anything of the world will become a disappointment if you do not yeah so but god will never disappoint like you had said so yeah i think that's that's a perfect way to to kind of close it out you know if you're looking for joy in any of the things we've talked about how's that working out for you yeah maybe in the moment yeah in the moment it probably is great yeah Mm -hmm. but it's always a disappointment yeah it's a fleeting it's a fleeting thing so that's it for uh maybe you're interested tonight and we uh, appreciate everybody joining us if you're listening on apple spotify whatever it may be please be sure to subscribe like and review um the podcast that helps us out with a bunch of our metrics and we would love for you guys uh to come by on a sunday and check out what we're doing here um we'd love to give you some tools in the tool belt for uh maybe avoiding some distractions as you go throughout your day to day and living a cross-centered life we are at 340 west dumplin valley west dumplin valley road here in kodak um right down from the flea market that's what i tell everybody so yeah we're the flea market church there you go (laughs) if you know where the flea market is we're less than a half mile from the i prefer to say across the street from the park but you know, yeah, not everybody knows where the park is. Oh, everybody okay. knows where the park is. <laughs> That's true. Thing on the interstate. That's true. It is true. But um, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We're glad uh, to be able to spend some time with you all, and we'll see you next week.